Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Trigger warning for discussions of spiritual abuse, child abuse, and sexual assault. Someplace underneath. I was raised Southern Baptist and um, it's easy to kind of be on an outside eye and just like scold the church. Um, But I had kind of a good and bad relationship with them. You know, some bad things, but some good things like my youth group, um, a good thing. We would go out on adventures. We'd go play paintball and like go canoeing and whatever, because there's more to life than getting drunk in a Walmart parking lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when you're not drinking, you have to find other things to do. Yeah, fun things. It was like a good community. So like, you know, it's easy to be on the outside and be like, look at these people and how they live. But on the inside, when you're raised in it. Yeah, it works. Yeah. And that is that's the side that does seem more appealing to me. The part that I I hi, I'm Natalie Jean. This is someplace underneath. Hi, I'm Amber Nelson. Uh, I come personally, I'm a godless woman. I come from heathens. You got um, God in your heart, though. Yeah, I got, get him out of there. <laughs> it hurts. Oh, God, he's in my heart. <laughs> he doesn't want to be in here. <laughs> but yeah, so religion was always a confounding thing to me. I have a very, very loose experience with it. The very few people I knew who were around, who were like I knew um, a reverend growing up. And he ended up being an adulterer and he abused his children. Yeah. Um, and As so a lot of preachers do. Yeah. Uh, and, and so it was very uh, not a part of my day to day. I also went to uh, when I was a kid, we were pretty poor. So I had a uh, there was like an after school program called Kids Club that we would go to because it was basically free daycare. That's great. And uh, and that's what we church- did. Bible stories. Bible there. stories. But that's what church should do. Sorry, I stepped away. But that's no. what church should do. Like it should take care of the community and the kids and like they belong to a group. But it starts getting bad when like adulterers come in or they start looking at young girls as brides. Like right. that's the bad part. And, and the indoctrination process uh, for me was not, they didn't do anything intense to me at those after school things. But sometimes they do try to like recruit in a negative way where they're kind of making you feel like, if you don't do these things, you're a bad person or yeah. you're going to go burn in flames for eternity yeah. and that kind of stuff. I never had that experience. But and you you grew up in you were Southern Baptist, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about a form of Baptists today. Um, I don't think they're the same as what you grew up in. Were yeah. you in your church? Was it a conservative church where you weren't allowed to show body parts and stuff like that? 
Um, ish. I mean, it's kind of in the rule book where women don't wear pants. Mm-hmm. Um, and some churches were a little more stickler with it. Some were a little less. Um, the kind of the one I went to, like you could wear flowy pants, I guess. What do you call those things? Like a chino? Oh, those, uh, those things I hate. Yeah. Uh, the ones that no one's ass looks good in them. Yeah. Floral wide leg pants. No, gauchos? Gauchos. No, you could definitely take a do in those pants and just like while you're wearing them <laughs> and just like let it slip out on the floor. That's what uh, those pants are for. Yeah. Like those, yeah, those ones that are like shin length. Yes. That, no one looks good in those. No, I hate them. And it does always, you know, even if you wear those as a conservative, to me, they seem like they're just directing all of the attention at the crotch because yes. it's just all fabric except right in yes. the toe. It's just camel toe and ankles. Yeah. That's all you can see. Yeah, which is perverted. <laughs> There's so many designs that I'm like, did you design this because you hate women? Yeah. Like the low-rise jeans. Who oh, yeah. did oh. that? That's the other side of the spectrum of the non-conservative where it's like, <laughs> don't let anything be a secret. Yeah. Um, show it all but in these like kind of towns like in a southern baptist town or in a baptist town or poor towns you kind of have two directions you go the chico wide leg pants or you go the low-rise jeans with your thong hanging out those are your two choices that's it and it's like what there's no middle ground and like you choose babe yeah so you your family was a little bit more on the side of the flowy pants yeah and you did stuff like you were didn't you do pageants and things I did one pageant. It wasn't really my cup of tea. My family was, ups- they weren't upset with me, but they wanted me to be more of like a pageant girl, cheerleader who likes boys. Yeah. And I was like kind of an angry, moody kid. Yeah. Yeah. But that's also, at least in the communities we're going to talk about today, it's not acceptable for for women and girls to show those emotions that was that something that they pushed on you guys to keep a smile and, and to be Absolutely. gentle and wifely and godly? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole mood. And like no one can be like that all the time. And that's why people snap. Yeah. Did you snap? Was there a snap moment? I or was did, always snapping. You just sort of, it just sort of was always there under the surface. Yeah. I was just like, this is me, babe. <laughs> How did your parents handle when you were kind of in that mindset of, well, I'm not going to do these things probably? Um, It was a mixture of like, they were happy that I was expressing myself because I was an oh, artist good. and I was like always drawing and they like, I do love that they would frame my artwork and like put it up in the house. Oh, cool. That so, is nice. Yeah, it was very nice. So they were like appreciative that I was like expressing myself, but I do think they wish I was a little more like, I'm on the pageant crew yeah. and I'm in a Val Victorian and I'm doing 20 different clubs. You know, they wanted me like that. Yeah. So you never had to get the full treatment of like constant 24 hour surveillance and no uh, touching hands with a boy checking your hymen like it wasn't at that level for you it was definitely like protecting and like nobody over but not checking my hymen yeah okay yeah. okay. but we're talking about that today baby <laughs> oh boy are we ever <laughs> uh, I have been technically been preparing for this topic for my entire adult life yeah you're stoked this is my Rocky moment <laughs> and like Rocky I will not topple them and I will be sweaty and defeated at the end of this but we must carry on we are going to be talking about the institute and basic life principles today 
it should to me sound it shouldn't it be the institute of basic life principles do you feel like that's wordy in a weird way that doesn't make sense the institute in basic life yeah in sounds weird it should be of basic right am i incorrect here um but seriously fuck these people um (laughs) we are in fact talking about s-p-i-r-i-t-u-a-l abuse spiritual abuse yes this will be something that we keep coming back Two on the show, it's something that I'm really passionate about and interested in. And some people are kind of surprised by that because I've grown up in such a secular life. But it is because I didn't know anything about this until I was an adult. And the my gateway drug to it was the Duggars, mm. 19 Kids and Counting. Uh, let's go back. What the heck is the Institute in Basic Life Principles? Well, firstly, it is a cult. If you go by the bite model, which is a basic gauge of whether or not a group is a cult, but you can also cross research on, by most standards, it's considered a cult. The shortened, the uh, initialism is the IBLP, which is what it's called most of the time. IBLP sounds like I'm about to shit my pants. I'm I'm going to be about to pee. I'm about to pee my <laughs> out of my butt. Yeah, it sounds like some disease where you just shit your pants all the time. Or is that IBM? No, that's a, that's a computer. <laughs> I mean, IBL? IBS? No, IBS. IBS. <laughs> uh, also, that is a fair uh, equation to the IBLP is uh, explosive diarrhea. So it is a cult, but it's one for many years that has been flowing under the radar and considered acceptable because I guess if you attach the words Bible and Christianity to something, no one is allowed to check on it for four or five decades mm-hmm. until a bunch of lives have been ruined. Yeah. But now, finally, it is getting the full media attention it deserves. Just kidding. (laughs) But people are talking about it on YouTube, so that's good. Yeah, somebody's talking about it. We're talking about it. Yeah, we're talking about it. So I, for as long as the Duggars have been trotting their kids out on television, I've been mildly obsessed with them. They are a fundamentalist, quiverful, conservative Christian family that had a show called 19 Kids and Counting. Too many kids. (sighs) 19 kids out of one body? Yeah. One body made that? Yeah, this group really likes to just ravage women's vaginas. Just, yeah, just keep um, them popping just shredding out. them. Um, yeah, it, it's that is part of what's known as the quiverful movement, even though they don't like that term. It basically is a Bible reference about how you should have a quiver full of arrows to fight for the Lord or whatever. I forget what the just exact keep quote making is, but kids. The, the kids are essentially the arrows in your quiver wow. that you're using to make God's army. They literally call it God's armies. I mean, that's how you grow a cult. I mean, it that's is. how you get more members. You, they're yeah. born into it. It yeah. works out. It does, it does. Um, yeah, so this is what the Duggars background is. Um, you at least have probably heard the name or the show's name or know that it's a TLC show. Or at the very least, you've probably heard of Josh Duggar for his various crimes. Um, this year he some new crimes came to light so this is why i decided it was time for us to have this discussion um the show itself was canceled in 2015 because josh did some naughty things when he was younger and the family covered it up so that they could have a tv show they always cover it up every time yeah it was actually happening as they started filming their first specials and it was only uncovered by a journalist in 2015 so the show was canceled. They're still around, though. The um, the kids on the show have their own spinoff shows. Not Josh. 
But um, not Josh. Rest in peace. Well, oh my. <laughs> it goes so much deeper than this little slip up he had as a kid. And I'm being very sarcastic. He molested his siblings um, when yeah. he was younger. It's uh, always that. It's always molesting the girls. Yeah. And then cover it up. And like the man's in power, but he's just fucking everything up. And the women have to cover up for him. Oh. It's a lie. It's all of, I hate it. I hate this structure of like God, man, and woman. It's oh. like, a, I hate it so much. We're going to have some fun talking about that within this community and yeah we're going to talk about Josh Duggar at the end of this series um, and his various victims but before that I wanted to talk about so back in the before times uh, when I was touring with page seven I actually did a whole bit on fundamentalist reality TV um, and specifically Josh Duggar when I had a great time making fun of him we'd all point and laugh and, and talk about what a douchebag he was yeah men love it when you point and laugh at them yeah right? it was fun time for everybody <laughs> but I don't feel like it can even take on that tone with him anymore after what we've learned this year about him. Um, after we learned his business was raided in 2019, which if you follow their story, you were already aware of, but it didn't come to light about why they did that until about a month and a half ago. Um, it's really, really bad. Uh, it's some of the worst things I've ever had to do research on, actually. And we are going to talk about Josh and his various victims, but I'm honestly not looking forward to it because it's, uh, I don't even know how to, to explain. Yeah, uh, it's, it's painful and enraging. It's really, really, really bad. But what does this have to do with missing women? Well, often on this show, I want to talk about, we, we're going to come back to the abuse within high control groups and religions. Women in these sects are not often considered people on the missing list, like we talked about with Shelley. Shelly Miscavige, if you want to go back and check those episodes out, they would be more akin to what we know as the missing missing. And I know, Amber, you and I have talked about this before, I think a little bit more off the air. Um, so I just wanted to go into that a little bit. Um, this is from the website outpostforhope.org. The missing missing are the silent shadow population of lost people who are unaccounted for in any database. It is estimated that at least 1.5 million are not listed in the database and are among the missing missing. Yeah, you're just considered a vessel to breed more men. So you're how are you missing if you're not even a person? Right. These may be unreported missing adults with mental illness and or co-occurring addiction problems who may be lost among the homeless population. Many have left behind family members who have not been successful in attempts to obtain proper treatment for their loved one and or have been unable to list them with law enforcement as missing. There can be a number of reasons that a person goes undocumented. Among these reasons... The person is an adult with mental health issues and or addiction who, as an adult, can drop off the radar at will. The person is a child born to a missing, missing person, so no one even knows the child exists. Many of these children may have safe, loving family members or appropriate caregivers that would take care of them if they knew they existed. Finding missing, missing people literally could save thousands of children from lives lost to the streets. The other kids off the grid are unreported runaways, homeless youth and or throwaway youth. In 2002, the Office of Juvenile Justice and Delinquency Prevention estimated that 1.6 million youth ran away in the year in the United States. The Research Triangle Institute studied runaway youth in 1995 and estimated 2.8 million youth in the United States had a runaway experience 
during the previous year. That's so many kids. Yeah. The person is estranged from family and friends, so no one knows he, she is missing. The person is chronically homeless. A person is in the country without the proper documentation, such as an illegal immigrant from Mexico, for example. Remains turn up, but no records pinpoint who the person is. The person becomes part of the unidentified deceased John and Jane Doe population. So those are from the website Outpost for Hope. I definitely recommend you check them out. They do a lot of really good work. Um, I personally wanted to add on what we're talking about today. Those within high control religions whose captors slash guardians are protected by religious freedom laws in our country. This affects cis-born females at drastically higher rates because in the majority of these groups, women are not permitted to work. So statistically more of the men would be on record simply for the purposes of getting a job. Yeah, if men didn't have the job, nobody would be on record. Yeah, and some of them aren't because some of them can work within their communities. Yeah. But uh, they at least uh, are out of the house. A lot of these women never ever leave their homes without their husband at their side. You're not allowed. You can't just go take a stroll down the streets. No. And if you want to be a stay-at-home mom and work and always be at home, that's great. Sure. That's wonderful. Beautiful. If you have that choice. If you're given the option. Yeah. You, you should, you sh nobody should have to give you the option. You as a human being should just make that decision for yeah. yourself. So you can't include these people legally on the missing missing because of what I just said, that they're not legally missing. But I am including them because no one else is there to be their voice. I want to change this within our lifetime in these circumstances, including forced marriage and child marriage, both of which are most prominent in these types of communities, high control religions. If you're not aware, child marriage is still legal in 46 states of this country, 20 of which have no minimum age with parental permission. So... Approximately 248,000 children were married in the U.S. between 2000 and 2010. Children. That's crazy. America, we oftentimes people are like, oh, America, first world country. But you take a little road trip yeah. and, you know, oh, some we're of not. these places, you're just like, no way. Yeah. You think of, you know, forced marriage and child marriage as like some third world country somewhere. We're the third world country, bitch. Yeah. Um, There's a train in Alabama that has human shit in it because no one knows where to put it. So they just oh have God. it in this town oh. and it's just Wait, chilling out, this train full. I feel like I'm talking about doo-doo a lot in this episode and I'm sorry. No, please. Listen. There's gonna. I mean, I understand. I feel like this is human shit, some of these people. <laughs> so, oh my God, there's a train of shit in Alabama. Yeah, it's just hanging out. No one knows what to do with it. I mean, where are you going to put the train? You know what I mean? So it just hangs out in Alabama. Oh my God. That probably actually causes pollution from the people live around buses. it. Yeah. Um, People live around it. They throw rocks at it. And they, that's train human shit. And that. Well, that's just another thing we got to worry about is the <laughs> shit train. Um, great. So <laughs> uh, Alabama, by the way, is definitely one of the ones where kids can get married really easily. But I, when I say kids, by the way, I'm mostly speaking about it's not usually underage to underage kids deciding to run away. It's not a Romeo and Juliet situation. It is a grown man and a child. Yeah who in many instances are given permission by the parent of the little girl to get married. There are states where it's illegal to have sex with a minor, but legal to marry them. 
Yeah. I mean, coming from the perspective of the parents, it's like, say you have a 13-year-old girl. She's kind of coming of age. She's starting her period. It's scary to have her go to school, walk around, be out in that community because she could be taken advantage of. Bad things could happen to her. So they think it's safer, quote unquote, to marry her off to a 25-year-old man. Right. Which is one of the main issues within these communities is they teach men and boys that they have absolutely no control over themselves and that yeah. they are entitled to women yeah. and that if they are they have a, the term we'll get right back into the IBLP here but the, there's a term within this community called defrauding which is what apparently women can be guilty of if they make a man lust yeah so even though he did something to you, right. what were you wearing? I mean, legitimately, which is why they make them cover themselves. So, I know. And then they're more powerful than me. But if they're more powerful than me and they're closer to God, then they can't control themselves. It sounds like they're less than me. Yes. It's almost like they've just created a cult to be able to assault people. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, it's true. Uh, you laugh because it's just like, I'm going to kill somebody if I don't laugh about it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so due to this religious shaming, um, many girls are forced into marriage with their rapist if they get pregnant. This is real. This happens all the time. You can listen to endless testimonies from the women who managed to escape these circumstances. If you want to learn more about this, I highly recommend you listen to Freddie Reese's TED Talk and check out her organization, Unchained at Last. She's badass. She came from a um, the Orthodox Jewish community in New York, and she escaped her marriage, uh, which she was forced into. Yeah. So she now fights against child marriage and forced marriages. Uh, it's something that I really, really want to see change. Not even want, like I'm insisting it changes in our lifetime. Yeah. It's disgusting. It's crazy how it's happening in 20, I almost said 2002. God, it's 2020. Where am I? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's still happening. I mean, nothing really has changed in this situation since 2002, so it might as well be. Yeah. And all the clothes are back from that era. And so. nothing ever will be, you know, because as long as it's like people are in power are still profiting off of this or benefiting, then yeah. why change? Yeah. And yeah. And, and it also gives the, as we'll get into with this in the IBLP, it gives people who ha are nefarious and have bad intentions it gives them free reign to do this. And so they're going to fight to keep these laws in place. Why am I bringing all this up? Well, the independent fundamentalist Baptist movement, which is not the same thing as the IBLP. We're going to get into some initialisms here. Independent fundamentalist Baptist movement. I'm going to start calling it the IFB because it's a mouthful. It's a lot of words. That is a wider spread, not directly under one head movement in religion. It was towards the end of the 19th century. It kind of came at a time when there was a, a, a group of people who were trying to fight against liberalism and feminism and like desegregation, like not even desegregation. That comes later on with the IBLP. But I love how in the 1800s they were like, it's getting too liberal. It's yeah. like, it's the 1800s. Yeah, it's in disaster. I mean, it's horrible for every everyone who's not a white man. But they were like, no, not this is it's not horrible enough. Um, so <laughs> that kind of grew into a movement that's not really headed by one person. It's just a series of belief systems. And, and they they believe that the King James version of the Bible is the only real version. Mm. Which, of course, in itself is a fallacy because just the Bible's been 
translated thousands of times by different people. I remember having this conversation at church and I, I'm going to sound like a little tiny jackass when I say this, <laughs> but um, or like, a, yeah, but I was just like, but the Bible has been rewritten by all the monks and back in the day. And they're like, no, the Bible's always been the same. I'm like, but you rewrote stuff. You know, the people hated yeah. it. Oh yeah. Especially if coming from a girl. Ooh. Yeah. They didn't like that at all. Oh, I didn't man. have a lot of friends. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, technically you protected yourself because you probably were so, um, quote unquote uppity that they were just like, you know what? Just let her go. Yeah, yeah. Just nobody, let her get out here. nobody wanted to marry me. <laughs> <laughs> so that is the wider blanket of this movement. So now that we have the IFB described, the IBLP is an adjacent but cult-like side shoot of that. It's the like a I- weird cousin. Yes. The IFB is already fucked up with their King James Bible stuff and and their very strict, stringent rules that they say have no wiggle room except they cherry pick which parts of the Bible are going to be the important parts. The IBLP kind of has the exact same set of rules, but it's headed by one guy and his name is William Gothard, Bill Gothard. Bad when one person is the leader. It you always should is. have a democracy of ideas. Most religions started out with one person in the lead and then sometimes they spread out enough that that kind of goes away. But yeah, you shouldn't have one guy telling you how to live your life. Yeah, because one person get, get poisoned on power so easy. Uh, yes. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at Rosetta Stone. Today. Packages by Expedia. You were made to be rechargeable. We were made to package flights, hotels, and hammocks for less. Expedia. Made to travel. So the reason I'm bringing these things up is the IFB and the IBLP treat women like property, not just casually, like it's in their doctrine. They, it's one of their main points. It seems to me from the outside that that's basically the whole reason it exists is to have women as servants. Yeah, that's what I was always told. Like every single sermon on Sunday was like, you've got women bowed out of your man. It was yes. like every single Sunday. Yeah, so yeah, in these circumstances, like you're saying, in the community from which the Duggar spouted, cisborn women are considered less than. They just are, they're considered less than human. Most of the time, they are not allowed to work and under protection of religious freedom laws. And again, I say protection for the abusers. They are given next to no rights as human beings, which in itself is hilarious to me because they do that. They justify it by the whole she came from his rib thing, except fetuses are all they all start out as female. All fetuses, you little fucking bitches. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's like, oh, you she ate the apple. Eve ate the apple. Oh, yeah, it's her fault. So that's why you have pain in childbirth. And like, we were living in Eden, but women fucked up. So now we must punish you forever. Yeah. So 
like we were just talking about with the missing missing, there are children born into these communities who are not registered as citizens. They have no social security cards. Wow. And eventually grow up and become wives within these groups, never knowing anything of the outside world, not even understanding reality in a way. I mean, that does sound kind of cool from the outside. For years, I was like, I didn't have a credit score. And I was like, I don't have a credit score because I'm just like living life. And why does the government have to know about me, man? Right. But then I, uh, I actually became unhoused because I couldn't get it. I didn't have a credit score. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody like I would apply to apartments and they'd be like, where's your credit score? And I was like, but I have a job. So I was like, yeah, yeah, I was fucked. Oh, no. The country definitely wants you to be in debt at all times. Yes. Uh, but the uh, the other shitty part of that is they don't have credit scores because they're not permitted to have them within their religion. Yeah. Um. So that's not good. At least when you were unhomed. You are a woman <laughs> making your own way. Yeah. Um, Just me and my, I didn't even have suitcases. I had trash bags. I mean, girl, I've been there many times. <laughs> I, I, There were times where I was dragging two suitcases across cities by myself, trying to get on a bus across town and stuff. What's going on? Good and, times. At good times. I remember doing stand up and like I would have like trash bags of my stuff and yeah. put it in the corner and go on stage. Like crazy time. I, uh, no, I've been there. <laughs> Not on stand up, but similar. <laughs> Going to set and stuff where yeah. I just had to hide my only clothes somewhere. Yeah, bring your deodorant in a bag and put it on and be like, yeah, yeah I showered. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm clean. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so, oh man, I used to sleep sometimes at the Greyhound station and on 45th Street I before set stuff because I didn't have anywhere to go. That was a good time. Oh I slept God. in a lot of bus stations. Terrifying. Um, but hey, you know what? We were free. We were free. Sleeping is terrifying out and about because, oh, yeah. you know, you're closing your eyes. You're you're vulnerable. Definitely sleeping, resting. I uh, I go through a lot of therapy to be able to rest, fully sleep. Oh god! But I do it good now. Um, (laughs) We're great now. So, (laughs) so again, there are children who don't have security cards in this world. Um, There's another TLC show that hit the air recently in. Uh, like the last couple of years called Welcome to Plathville. And it was discovered quickly that seven of their nine children didn't have birth certificates or social security cards. Wow. And the mother only scrambled to get them to get on television. Um, while the Plaths themselves aren't in the IBLP, the wife is too mouthy to be able to fit in there. Uh, they follow the same fundamentalist doctrines. Only two of their children were on record. And when the kids had to get birth certificates to be on the show, all of the oldest ones immediately ran away from home. Whoa. Like that really happened on the show. As in they were held captive by not having birth certificates. <sighs> they couldn't get jobs. So the second their mom gave them their birth certificates, they all left. Like <gasps> They were being held captive by their parents. They were like, get me out of here. Yeah. I would rather like sleep in a Greyhound bus station, but at least I'm myself. I mean, they had TLC tracking them around. So it was like the perfect moment for them to escape because not only they were they being recorded publicly, they had to be given their own person to be on the show. And so they all bolted. Bye. Um, yeah. So if TLC hadn't come a knock in, uh, those female, the girls, the children may have never been known to anyone outside of their church community. And wow. that is a huge problem for many reasons. And they just think like, that's life. Like this is normal. That's life. Yeah. That's fine. And even if they didn't, they had one of the older daughters on the show is sort of a, a rebellious person, mm-hmm. but she still didn't have a social security number. So like she couldn't really go anywhere. And like growing up in this, you're just like, I feel crazy. Why do I feel wrong? Yeah. You know, everybody's telling me I'm wrong. Yeah. And and she technically like 
at the end of the day, she could walk out the door and go, I need a social security card. I'm being abused by my parents. But that's not what happens. You're manipulated into thinking that that's not something you can do. Yeah. I think I saw a picture of like a horse tied to a plastic chair and it said something like, you hold yourself back, whatever yeah. the fucking meme it was. And I was like, it was just shocking that this horse was tied to a plastic chair and I thought like, oh, this is where I stay. Yeah, totally. I mean, that that is, I think, an accurate metaphor for a lot of these situations. By the way, does any of this sound like Scientology? Because <laughs> they actually share quite a bit as we're going to find out. Uh, so Josh Duggar is the culmination of decades of deceit and grooming and breeding by these organizations to create the ultimate super douche that he is. Uh, there are seemingly endless stories from the IFB and similar communities of rampant child abuse of every stripe up to murder, murder that's never tried and convicted. Wow. These, these accusations aren't from a string of Facebook posts forwarded by your great aunt who doesn't really understand the Internet. These are highly documented occurrences with testimonies from an endless sea of people. This is not QAnon shit and nothing is ever done to change things. Sometimes... It's because there's nefarious reasons they're not getting changed. And sometimes it comes from a bit of ignorance and misunderstanding about the roots of abuse and what abuse really is. Yeah. If, like people are profiting. Like, who cares? Why change anything? Everything's going great. Yeah. Or just not seeing this happening and not and going like, oh, well, it's just their their lifestyle, which is how I used to look at the Duggars back in the day going, this is crazy to me. It looks I feel like I'm looking at aliens, but. The girls seem happy. And then you find out part of the religion is that they have to look happy. Um, So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So this is, since this is all culminating to the Duggars, I wanted to explain the pathway that may have helped shape Josh and his victims and how we might not even really get to know the name of the women who he's hurt. Because as I mentioned, we're not supposed to know who they are. And that's fine in the sense of if they don't want to come forward as an abuse victim, but... Some of the women who he's abused or treated poorly don't even know uh, and also don't have the voice. They're not allowed to speak. Yeah. They're just like, this is normal. My Mm -hmm. brother molests me. This is what everybody does. Or the boy from my church did this thing to me and and I must have done something, whatever. There was a, um, and I was just going off off topic, but um, in the church, my mom had to leave in the South because um, the preacher the grandmother walked in on this 40-something-year-old man um, with a, like, 16-year-old girl yeah. having sex. So, obviously, it was not consensual. Yeah. And um, it was in the church said, um, oh, he's fine because her parents got divorced. So, she's, you know, a manipulator. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, for some reason, like... At a, she is a full-grown woman at 16, and he's still a child in his 40s, but we're supposed to respect him as a child. It made me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That happens all the time. So this is why this is why this subject fascinates me so much. It's not because the, in the secular world, shitty things don't happen. Most of the people who I experience abuse from were definitely not religious people, but the way that these communities are set up, it's specifically legally allowed to happen this way. And it's gross and horrible and not okay. So even as a heathen, researching and studying these different groups for a long time, the nuances and difference between all of them, it's tediously confusing, which is why I mentioned the independent fundamentalist Baptist movement, because that's the broader title that the Duggars connected to themselves to in the first place. 
it is like I mentioned in its base misogynistic and patriarchal it's openly patriarchal they call it that yeah they're like we love the patriarchy and I was like that's bad you shouldn't like that they call it patriarchal and some people call it complementarianism uh, which means the woman is there to complement the man, mm. um, which is hilarious. So the IFB has 6,000 plus churches that practice this movement. This can be shown on the Duggar show. There's no pants for women. There's no dancing, no dating. Creationism is big. Uh, Earth is, you know, 6,000 years old. Women can't work for the most part. Girls are owned by their fathers until marriage. Uh, no music with a drum beat, et cetera, et cetera. I was raised with the earth is 6,000 years old. Yeah. All right. So you're, you're at least adjacent to the IFB because yeah. you're Southern Baptist. These are called fundamentalist Baptists, but it's probably like there's a lot of crossover, I bet. Yeah. So I took a trip home recently and it, you know, it was the whole 6,000 years old. And then I went to the Grand Canyon like a couple days later. Yeah. And um, it was weird just being like, this rock has been here for billions of years. Yeah. And then like literally three days ago, it's like earth is 6,000 years old. Noah's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So... <laughs> They definitely dwell within an idea of just, we feel like this could be real, so it is. And yeah, the King James Bible version is what they go by. And so this is what you see on the Duggar show. However, some point along their journey, as far as I've ever found in my research, the parents whose name are Jim Bob and Michelle Duggar, they never have given an exact date, but sometime earlier in their marriage, they got introduced to the Institute in Basic Life Principles. It's not out of, it would be pretty normal because fundamentalist Baptists cross with the IBLP all the time. Like they they kind of intermingle with each other. Yeah. So this is considered a cult, like I said. They have nearly identical beliefs to fundies, but they have this head leader. So Jim Bob and Michelle had experienced a miscarriage early on in their marriage and they were mistakenly led to believe through these groups that it was because Michelle was on birth control. Oh, God. So they were already... Jim Bob brought Michelle into strict religion. He has said in, in seminars openly that he chose Michelle as his wife because she seemed like an open book that he could control and wow. manipulate, but they say it in like a positive way. Yeah. Um. So he they were already practicing things, but they used to like take birth control, show their knee, the girls show their knees and they watch TV. Scandalous. When she had this miscarriage, this all changed and it really helped zip up their belief system. And I personally believe it was just Jim Bob wanting to, he just, it gets off on domination. Yeah. But then they had their firstborn, a blessing, beautiful son named Joshua. Oh, good. They had a son first. You got to have that boy first. Oh, and boy, is he ever a great son. Oh, yeah. What a son he is. So as their son Josh was younger, they happened across this group because the kids seemed really well behaved within this IBLP and they got really hooked in. So sometime, this was like in the late 80s, early 90s, essentially, is when they became a part of the IBLP. The IBLP was a ministry specifically founded by noted turd William W. Gothard Jr., known as Bill Gothard, to his disciples. And that was, he founded the initial org in 1961. That's in more names, William W. Gothard Jr. It just sounds like no one drinks or does drugs in this church. It's just- Oh, definitely not. So I mean, many words. They're not supposed to. Yeah. Interestingly, right around the same exact years as L. Ron was really- kicking it up into high gear. 60s were a lot of cults. There was a lot. And I, I think it had a lot to do with the big cultural shifts that were happening. Yeah. Do you think there's going to be cults going on this summer? Yes. 
Oh my I, God. Yeah. I think it's actually pretty uh, dangerous for a lot of people. Because <laughs> yeah. um, we're starting to come out in the world. Yeah. And there, I mean, so much chaos and disorders happened in the last five years. Uh, cults are definitely going to be happening. Cults are back. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, it's the new summer trend. <laughs> the IBLP, much like the IFB, seems to solely exist to, so that weird dudes with greasy hair can jizz freely and at their leisure. Um, not that every member comes in for that or even participates while involved in these churches, but shockingly, if you give a man next to God status, let him dictate your life and your family's decisions and give him all your money, that lifestyle is going to attract and create creeps and abusers. God. And again, like if you, you know, want to have a marriage where the woman stays at home and the guy works and has like, she wants to trust him. Like, sure. If you have, if, if you choose that life. Yeah, of course. Please. Like choosing. Like one of my good, good friends from um, home worked until she started having kids because her goal was to be a stay at home mom and she loves it. And childcare is so expensive. Yeah. Um, but this ain't it. This ain't it. So when Little Billy started the IBLP. It was actually known first as the Institute in Basic Youth Conflicts. There was a huge conservative movement that was happening, much like what the IFB was in the 19th century, as a reaction to youth and and culture shifts. And in this iteration of it, it was the burgeoning hippie culture, which is what many groups use as the way that God intended to this day, this time period, the good old days, the make America a great conservative mindset comes almost directly from this time before desegregation and women's rights were really moving at a faster pace. So, which I guess is what is great about the good old days. Great. is awesome. Uh, yeah. I was, I was in uh, Mississippi a while ago and there was a you know, there, it was growth. There was like pregnant dogs running around the town and like all the businesses were like shut down and rocks thrown at it. And then I saw this picture of these beautiful cars and this bustling downtown. And I was like, where is this? And they're like, oh, that was this in yeah. the fifties. Yeah. So people, they, they have this like, oh, let's go back to the good old days, but it's not. It, like, it was an illusion. It was, it came at such a cost. Yeah. And it wasn't the good old days for a lot of people. It wasn't. And it's, it, how do I say this? How do I put this into words? People are like, we have to go back, but it's not, we didn't fail as a country because we gave like women and people of color more rights. Um, it's because big corporations take more control. Uh, yeah. We they take more control and they buy off politicians. That's why we're yeah, and not I doing mean, good. Not, not for nothing, but this era brought about prosperity gospel, which has also destroyed a lot of our country. Um, <laughs> those, those kind of groups. In my opinion. Um, so this time period and the next few years as Vietnam raged on, kids were rebelling, you know, tearing up draft cards, growing their hair out. And parents of these baby boomers were afraid they couldn't control their kids. A lot of them, I think those parents came from a well-meaning place, but most of these young parents weren't equipped to deal with their kids in this changing society. Also, the people who had baby boomer kids were really young when they had them. Yeah, and 60s were like a huge shift. So I can see like, you know, it was a certain way for so long. And then the 60s happened and it's just like kind of free love time. People are probably like, holy shit, this is too much, too fast. Let's revert. Right. And and I do think that not all of them, like I think a lot of them were trying to help what they thought was help. Um, but I wish they could have seen the bigger picture that it, maybe if your children don't want to go to overseas and murder babies, that that's a good thing for them to morally want. But anyway, Bill Gothard was born in 
1934. So he was a relatively young man at this time in his 20s when he started creating classes that were intended to rehabilitate these rebellious kids. A precursor to these homes that we have now, like the one Paris Hilton went to, where it's like the reform school kind of places. This is sort of a precursor to that. Yeah. Gothard himself came from a conservative religious home. His father worked for the Gideons. Those are the people who put the Bibles in drawers of hotel rooms before you're about to masturbate. You like open the drawer and you like, see the Bible yep. and think about maybe you shouldn't touch yourself. I mean, I always do anyway, though. Uh, little Billy had a hard time in school. He had to start repeating grades as far back as the first grade. Okay. And he struggled for whatever reason. He was almost held back every year of school. Um, it seems like from his, what he says, his family treated him like a mouth breather. But uh, the way he then frames that in his story is that inspired him to become a leader. Oh. His sister called him like a dumbass and stuff. And he was like, it really moved me to be strong in a leader, not filled with rage against women. Um, <laughs> so he says a woman, some mystery woman, I don't, I've never found who he was talking about, but some woman within his church community told him right before he started high school that he could succeed if he would memorize scripture, would help him. Yeah. I mean, back at this time, like they didn't have Twitter. You read the Bible. Yeah. And that was like your entertainment. Yeah. And, and she, she told him, Hey, you're struggling. Start memorizing these scriptures. And this random woman who I don't know who she is would call him every week and ask him to spout a part of the scripture off that he'd memorized and then go, what do you, can you take from the scripture and apply it to your life? Treating it as sort of a self-help guide, which all of the things that the Bible is, it is not a guidebook for your life, um, especially not literally. But Gothard didn't see it in that way. Something that he and the IFB churches have in common, they take the King James Bible as a specific list of do's and don'ts, except when it doesn't appeal to them. Yeah. They basically cosplay the Iron Age the same way people are accurately portraying 15th century at Ren Fests. Oh, yeah. And like the Iron Age, like these dudes could wield a sword. They were hugely powerful. And like most of these fucking dudes can barely grow a beard. And they're yeah. like, I'm a big man. And also people are dying from like diarrhea and yeah. stuff. Uh, so yeah, they, they do this thing where they pretend that they're living through these rules from the Iron Age where they just ch they cherry pick which parts they want to use, but then they pretend like they're living in that way. So it's inaccurate. Yeah, you have running water. Right. And, yeah. and, and you're just saying which things which from that time period appeal to you mostly about dominating. Yeah. So anyway, he claims that this is what helped turn his life around, memorizing these scriptures. And he eventually gets his master's degree from Wheaton College, which is a private evangelical school. This, of course, doesn't stop him from denouncing higher education to the people he ministers to, because um, then if they learn, they will leave. So it's during this time that he comes up with his first set of Christian-themed self-help rules called the Seven Basic Life Principles. They're a variation of the concepts you get with many self-help things, many organizations. LRH had very similar set you get this, the new age side, you get the secret, the master key system by Charles F. Hanal. Fucking Nexium had their own set of like, just follow these cannot fail list. Yeah. And wouldn't it be nice if life just had rules that if you followed, everything worked out to a T? Yeah, uh, it would. And people want that so badly that they continue to fall for it over and over again by guys saying that they have the answers. Yep. Um, but, you know, so he had this his own variation, but this one had a, like Bible jazz to it. Bible you know? jazz. I like that. 
<laughs> Control your women. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's what the song's about. So people really took to this program. And, uh, you know, the parents who were didn't know what to do with their kids, they really enjoyed this program. And, and in 1964, he was ordained by his college. And then he was using his thesis, The Seven Basic Life Principles. He set up a class. He taught a class at Wheaton College called Basic Youth Conflicts in 1965 that started. So this started out as an academic class, but, you know, it was in like a evangelical college. But what became the IBLP started out as just a class he was teaching in school for his master thesis. He so, was working it out. Yeah, essentially he was, he was workshopping. Um, so you fast forward several decades and then you end up with a Josh Duggar. Uh, that's just that holy water and you got him. So it was a popular course at the school and it quickly grew in size. Over the next few years, he expanded his program, adding out of school seminars and he called it campus teams. And he functioned outside of like outside of school. He started running out of his home. So he expanded it beyond school hours, basically. Wow. He's really just starting his own business. He's an entrepreneur. <laughs> he really is. Um, so he targeted his advertising at churches. This preliminary youth conflicts class eventually turned into a 30-hour seminar called the Basic Seminar. And oh, the pamphlets. They flowed like wine. <laughs> So many pamphlets. I love pamphlets. When they hand me, when religious people hand me a pamphlet, I read it. I, I know. It. I find them fascinating. Yeah. We used to get those tracks uh, a lot when I worked uh, downtown in Pittsburgh, like at a tattoo shop. A guy would come by all the time with those ones that would explain, like little comic books. Yeah. That would show you horrible things and be like, if you don't do this, you're going to do it. My favorite one was there was a, a little beaten kid who got he let, he ran away from home because he was being beaten by his mom and then he died in a box. Oh god. And he went to heaven. It was a, like a happy ending. Oh good for he, that kid. It's like don't worry about it. You're going to go to heaven if you die. So just die. You just die. People who are the most afraid of hell live in hell. Yeah. They they do they are afraid of it because they think about hell 24/7. So god. yeah. For sure. I I think that's true. Do you think hell is real? No. I don't I don't believe in I don't believe in heaven or hell. It, not ex not specifically, at least. I don't think that there is a God or an afterlife in the way that it is being taught in structured churches. I think that that is fairy tales. Mm. But I also think we don't understand uh, existence at all yet. We're yeah. very, we're like babies of understanding. Humans so. are like a blip on the yeah. time span of earth. Uh, or, yeah, absolutely. Or of, not even Earth, just the whole universe. Yeah, absolutely. We are, we don't even count as a blip. Yeah. Um, if we get to stick around, if we don't kill ourselves, I hope that we can understand more about where we come from. But I don't think it's a guy in a cloud who is like, no. you and you, you, I don't like that you wear pants and you can't wear them anymore. Like yeah. some great creator would give a shit about that after inventing the entire multiverse. Yeah, there's like stars. Yeah. Does he give a shit about me wearing pants? Right. Or like <laughs> that color red is whorish on you. Like he'd be concerned about that. Yeah. So yeah. So he basically, he made these little pamphlets, the ones that can lure you in saying like, if you got a kid acting out at home, let me help. And this was a time of, you know, turmoil, fear, cultural shift. Parents didn't know what to do with these kids, so they sent them off with this guy. And then in the end seminar pamphlets, oh, they're quality. I'll definitely post some on the social media of the things that he would 
passed down to people. In 1968, he was holding seminars that were attended by upwards of 2,000 young people at a time. Wow. By 1973, attendance was up to 200,000 a pop. That's a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, like stadiums. So he was probably the original preacher. I mean, megachurch preacher. This is that time period when all of the the prosperity gospel and and megachurches were becoming a part of our culture and our politics. I was walking through a poor part of Brooklyn and there was a church that looked really poor and run down. But the and you look at it and you're like, oh, this is a cult. But what the preacher was saying, I was like, oh, you're saying the same things as megachurch preachers do. Yeah. Um, mega churches just have a veil of like, here's these gold columns. We yeah. can't be a cult. Right. But they want all your money. They want all your money. Uh, yeah. It's it's evil, to be honest. So he obviously had that charisma of getting people to to listen to him. I don't personally get it. They always say that about those guys. Like they keep talking about Chad Daybell, if you, anybody follows that case, about how he just was able to intoxicate people. And I'm just like, where? Yeah. At what at what point? How depressed do you have to be to be into this dude? I know. Like was it his belt clip that really got you or his lack of a chin? Anyway, so yeah, but everybody's got their own weak spots, you know. Everybody has their own people are allured by a different thing. Yeah, life is really messy and hard and someone comes along and they say, "Here's some rules. You follow these, you have a prosperous life." Yeah. Honestly, and like being a lady in this, wouldn't it be great to be like, "You know what? I give up. I'm going to trust this dude." For sure. I, I personally would probably end up accidentally being in a cult that Lizzo was running. Yeah. Like, that's where my weak spot is. You I just play the flute and twerk. Yeah, I, I'd be so down. Like, I don't <laughs> know if there's a person who would just like, you, you're you just captivated by it to the point where you just be like, okay. But I get it. You know, it happens. I'm not yeah. even, I'm not making fun of the people who end up in those positions. I'm only making fun of the people who do the bad things. Absolutely. And I could join a cult easy. You give me some rice and you tell me I belong. <laughs> <laughs> you follow these rules and life is easy. Be like, all right, I'm here. I'll See, drink your right, Kool-Aid. Yeah, there you go. Um, I hope you would at least like, you'd have to like have cool shoes or something. Um, Nikes. Nike. <laughs> <laughs> so for these people, it was thin-lipped, tiny-nippled Bill Gothard. So he started where all the good cult leaders start with the children. Did he go in well-intended? Maybe. Uh it seems to me from the outside that some guys go into this knowing what they're doing and some guys end up going in and just drinking their own flavor aid, if you yeah. will. Jim Jones started out, out trying to help end racism and ended in a different way. Yeah, usually villains um, think they're doing the right thing. Yeah, so I think that it's possible maybe Billy thought he was trying to do something to help the planet and the power like just overwhelmed him and intoxicated him. Uh, who knows? Mm. I don't really know what the answer is to that. I don't know if it matters or not. <laughs> um, what it turned into was not good. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Spring's in bloom, and so are the new lavender drinks at Starbucks. Enjoy subtle sweet notes of lavender paired with silky matcha or rich espresso for a fresh floral take on classic cafe beverages. Order yours now in the Starbucks app. 
So now that he was teaching kids far beyond this group of local misfits with long hair, uh, you know, he added some flair to the org by calling it the Institute and Basic Youth Conflicts now that he was having these big seminars. Institute and Basic Youth Conflict and more words. Yes. That still sound really bad together in my opinion. Yeah. So that this was in 1974 when he changed that to that. He was getting so much positive affirmation from these families and they were asking him so many questions and asking for advice so much. I think this is really where his God complex kicks in hardcore. In this time period, he realizes he could help, quote unquote, help not only hippie freaks, but whole ass families needed his golden touch. Mm. So in 1989, he settled on the name the Institute in Basic Life Principles, which is right around the time that the Duggars got involved. Hmm. I think that's just coincidental. But unfortunately, as far back as 1980, we see instances of sexual misconduct from this group, though the early accusations are aimed at Bill Gothard's brother, Steve. It's always a brother. Always a brother. Yeah. Just do it. And we got to cover it up. Yeah. And then this will go away if we just cover it up. You know what? It never goes away. It doesn't. But for this one, it went away for a while. The accusations are pretty dark. And as we'll go further into this in the next episode, the the whole story goes sinister at breakneck speed. So I'm just, it's a forewarning for everybody. But anyway, Steve was accused of, quote unquote, sleeping with secretaries and similar at the IBLP properties. And that's why they don't want women working. It's because usually you cheat on your spouse at work. Or they're coerced into it because yeah. men can't be helped. Um, but as we see, uh, these scenarios are very much more likely attacks, both physical and mental. Uh, Steve never received any real consequences for this and he died in 2019. So oh, look at that. Yay. May he, I, mean, I don't, I don't want to believe in hell. I don't want to send anybody to hell. I just hope in those last moments for these kind of guys, it was terrifying. I hope yeah. that they were scared. I do. Yeah. I mean, anybody who manipulates God universe for their own power, they should, you know, if the hell is real, that's who's in hell. Shouldn't it be? Yeah. According to them, they should be the top of the level for top heaven. My so that's is why I get so upset about these communities, because it seems like the very worst of people, which we'll talk about in the Josh Duggar episode, are the ones are who are revered the most. Yeah. Because they've gone through the trials of... Having oh to go through the the pain of of the rapes <laughs> of them raping people. I mean, hell um, really sounds like other people's versions of heaven. Like yeah. when they're like, "Oh, when I get to heaven, I can have sex with all the underage girls and right. do whatever I want." I'm like, "That's hell." Yeah, yeah. I guess for all of those girls that you're having sex with, they are being punished for something because they're certainly not in heaven. Yeah, these um, 72 virgins, like they don't get a fucking say. Yeah, I guess not. Um, so yeah, the IBLP of course, receives the coveted tax-free status because they're so fucking holy. And by the 80s version of its iteration, he had set up whole manuals about how you should homeschool your kids in the manner in which you should do so, how you should live your life, your family should live their lives, how they should run their businesses and dedicate their whole existence to the IBLP. This, of course, comes at a price to the members, not just a psychological one, but there are many, many books tapes, videos, events, and other general doctrine that you must pay for and never ever disclose the magic secret material that's found inside. Does it sound familiar? Yeah. Lawful like Scientology, isn't it? Yeah, that's, a, a, again, a cult is like, if I go to your religious house and I say, tell me about your religion, and, you, you, and you're just like, well, there's some things I can't say. I'm like, what do you mean you can't tell me? Tell me. Yeah. That's a cult. Yeah. And then they go, curious. Why don't you join us next week? Yeah, come give us your money. Yeah. 
So yeah, I remember when we were doing this the Shelley episode and you ended up at a Scientologist house and they got mad that you tried to read their children's Scientology book. Yeah. They're like, uh Yeah, why can't I just like have full disclosure, especially of what you're teaching children? Yeah, that's terrifying. Um <laughs> so there uh the IBLP's home base is in Illinois, but like Scientology, they have built structures all over the US and in eleven other countries. They have on file about two hundred employees. This is largely hearsay because like most secretive tax-free shells, they are also able to enjoy the privacy of the religion, so they don't have full access to their inner workings. But they say around 200 employees and about 1,000 volunteers, which are technically just slaves of sorts, mm. servants. Again, like Scientology, they generate income internally. So they don't solicit outside people, but rely on members to buy materials um, to pay their tuitions and their more affluent members are encouraged to give donations. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they're probably kind of coerced. And then you get like the Hobby Lobbies and the Mike Huckabees who fund huge swaths of the IBLP. Yeah, they just give the money, the money, the money. Yeah. Uh, so very early on in these first seminars, he's teaching the idea, and this is what I was talking about, Amber. He's teaching the idea of the difference between wisdom and knowledge, mm-hmm. that wisdom is godly and biblical, and knowledge is terrestrial and prideful. Yes, that makes that like it's ringing a bell. So in other words, you gain wisdom by reading the Bible and you diminish yourself by learning and knowing, which is a great way to control people. And that's the apple, the knowledge, the tree of knowledge. Yeah. So I am way on the outside of religion, but I do see this repeated over and over again in high control situations that to learn is to be full of yourself and you must let the Lord quote, 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 Guide your choices, which is to say, let whatever dude is saying this stuff guide your choices. Yeah, he's like, I guess I'll follow you and not think critically. Of course, they don't want you thinking critically, because if you did, you'd be like, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm I, not I giving think, you money. Yeah. yeah. And I think I, I can go without saying nobody's thinking this who's listening to this show already, but no human being can tell you what the Lord wants, even if you believe in the Lord. Yeah, it's another man. It's another it's dude. Just a broken person. Like we're all broken. Yeah. You can't let them guide everything in your life. And Bill certainly took that job on with joy and efficiency. Yeah, he you, loved being in that position. He loves it. Do you think some guy named Bill is going to teach you about the universe? And he couldn't God? even. He failed first grade. Yeah, Bill. Oh, I listen to Bill. No offense to anybody. I barely made it through high school, but <laughs> I also don't. Ha- tell you that I have the answers to yeah. the universe. I am an idiot. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, basically in any organized religion, you're effectively listening to a person who has been, they say they've been anointed to be the mouthpiece for the creator of the universe. But, you know, more mainstream religions, the gospel has been spread out enough that anyone with like really bad narcissism issues have a relatively small pool of people to manipulate. This is not to say, by the way, that there aren't people who go into ministry humble and really meaning to just to be service to people because of course there are those people. I've met some really good ministers. There was my youth pastor growing up who was like the sweetest guy who would come to my high school. And like he, the the reason I liked him is because he picked out people's individual talents. A thing I like about religion and about God, it says, oh, people are, sometimes you're born a certain way and like maybe you're really good at music or maybe you're really good at writing. And then it teaches you to explore that within yourself. I mean, that's great. And yeah, there. I'm. There are, of course, people who go into it with the intent of actually being a, a helpful, kind person. Yeah. Um. And if you listen to a, like Aretha Franklin when she's 16 singing in church, I'm like, this proves God. 
Sure. Yeah. And and yeah. And and I think that the real issue comes into the fact that if we take those people to be directly talking to God for you, a lot of bad things can happen. Bad things happen. Um, So any good person in ministry would never claim to be doing that, in my opinion. So Gothard, though, represents a percentage of these folks who see it as an opportunity to bend the will of large groups of people, whether or not they think a God is telling them to do so. Um, So I just before we wrap up this episode, I wanted to go over quickly over Gothard's seven principles um, because we're going to break them down more in the next episode. But with Gothard, those seven principles were the way to bend the will of people. So these seven principles are important to us as people learning about this because they really accentuate how at the core, the mindset is male supremacist. There's also a lot of white supremacy suggestions throughout his teachings, which is ironic since Bill is Mexican on his mother's side, but... It is weird. Yeah, there's a lot of white supremacists that aren't white. Yeah. It's kind of like how Hitler was a brunette and he was like, right. only blonde people. Yeah. I'm like, but you're brunette. Yeah. <laughs> this is, it seems like they might be going through some stuff mentally there, yeah. but it's violently... So it is... There's some some uh, male supremacist stuff and it is violently, violently patriarchal. And I mean that by violently. So these are the seven rules. How these seven rules have taken generations of children and women away from society with no one to protect them from physical and sexual terror is not an exaggeration. So the seven rules that he uses, they are design, authority, responsibility, suffering, ownership, freedom, success. And this is how to manipulate people or is this This is how to be godly and to be happy. So this is what he teaches when you go to his basic seminar, which is his first thing that you show up at. He teaches you about these specific principles to succeed and and to go to heaven. And then you get the donuts. And then you get donuts. Yeah, always. <laughs> That's how you get me into a college to bring snacks. Yeah, here's your donuts. It's like suffering. I never got behind the suffering. I'm like, why should I suffer? Who? No, I'm not going to do that. It's I'm my certainly life. not going to intentionally do it. No. I mean, suffering happens as part yeah. of life. but like, And it can be I... beneficial, mm-hmm. but not in the sense of giving yourself lashes, you know, that sort of religious... Um, Too much. Masochistic stuff. Uh, so I don't care about his teachings. I don't repeat them in reverence like it's some important historical document. I mention them because within each of them are little whispers all the way up to shouts of what has really been going on in this org all these years. Spoiler alert, if you're not aware, Bill Gothard was accused by 60 women of sexual abuse, harassment, and misconduct in just the last handful of years, even though he's been doing it for decades. Yeah, 60 women is a lot. And it's especially more. Especially in this community where women are taught to not speak out. The number is likely much higher than this. Yeah. That only scratches the surface of the level of depravity within these prison-like walls for the women we never know by name. I hope that changes, but it will only change with knowledge, that evil concept that Bill doesn't want us to have. Sorry, baby, but I'm a demonic hell spawn sorceress and I love knowledge. I fuck knowledge's brains out <laughs> and I'm not afraid of you. Da, 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 da. In the next episode, we're going to break down his manipulation tactics and discuss some of the consequences of these teachings. Some of the worst of his indoctrination come from the homeschooling curriculum he created, which is called the Advanced Training Institute. Again, with these words, Advanced Training Institute. It's yeah. like everything is rigid. I feel like I have to like, my back is straight, you know? Yeah. 
I mean, that is the case, especially for girls in this world. Um, so, yeah, he eventually created his entire homeschool program, uh, which is, you know, not surprising because once you're really into the idea of molding people, this is the best way you got to get them when they're children. And so within the school curriculum, we're going to talk about some of it. You'll find such queries as how does the gallbladder illustrate God's design for channels of good gifts? How can you relate the work of the gallbladder to the functions of a successful father? How are equations like prayers? Again, so many words. How does God's description of good things differ from our idea of good things, which is uh, manipulation right there because it's actually asking you, maybe the things are, are the things that make you feel good actually what God wants. Sometimes God wants you to feel differently. So yeah. if the thing feels good, it might not actually feel good. Don't trust your feelings. No, trust me though, because I'm a vessel of God. I'm Bill. Yep, I'm <laughs> Bill. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, all of the, the curriculum stuff all goes back to like the math is how is this equation like a prayer? Um, so we're going to go into that. We'll also go into a book called To Train Up a Child, which isn't directly an IBLP book, but it is IBLP approved, if that makes any sense. As in, even though most of their material comes directly from Bill, it is a book that's approved in their community. It's implemented by many of Gothard's disciples, including the Duggars, and it is horrifying. Mm. Uh, it is basically how to make your child uh, a robot in a lot of ways by fear um so and then we're also going to have to talk about this book called intended for pleasure by dr ed wheat a lot of people make jokes about it and the other lists they give kids in this community on their wedding night because it's insane but therein lies the misery and terror of generations of women oh yeah because women are just like for pleasure and children they don't have thoughts and feelings in their own life i put my dick in it and a baby comes out yes and uh, and more. Uh, the passages some of I've read of maybe physically ill. Um, what it boils down to, it is a manual for your wedding night. And uh, they also have these lists that you go through. If it wasn't already mentioned, fundamentalists are not permitted to touch their partners before a marriage, including kissing. Yeah, they, they have to like sit. Like I saw a thing on this. They were like sitting on a swing and they were like a foot apart. It's yeah. like COVID. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like they are they have COVID until they're married. Yeah. Um, so it's a nightmare for women and a sex capade for a man. We're going to talk about it because it's what Jim Bob gives his children to read on their wedding night. And it's what Josh and Anna read on theirs, which was filmed for the TLC show. Wow. Even though, as we'll find out, at that point, Josh had already been assaulting girls and consuming porn for years prior to that night. And it's nasty porn. It's not a healthy porn, what he was looking at. Well, not even that. The, the stuff that we are going to talk about ultimately is not porn. It's It's... It's criminal. It's it's called CSAM, CSAM. Um, and it makes pedophiles quiver. Yeah. Even so, pedophiles are like, that's a lot. But when Josh was getting married, as far as we know, it wasn't that. He was just looking at normal porn. Yeah. But they're not supposed to have ever seen a nude person before. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And his wife look- thought that was the case. That's normal. I mean, if you want to look at porn, look at porn. But if you're like in the creating this whole environment of like, we all have to be godly and here's a, you know, to hold our back up straight. And then now you're looking at porn. So you get to do it. 
but nobody else can. Very yeah. cool. And the thing that is really fucked up about it to me is that Jim Bob was doing all this performative stuff for the show, talking about, um, you know, giving his son this talk about women and, and what's going to happen. All the while, his father already knew that he was looking at porn and he had done these things to his sisters. Mm-hmm. And he was there just acting like nothing happened, handing him off to this girl uh, who now is just... Uh, She's gone. She's like a shell of a human being. But we're going to get into Josh and Anna. Sex and sexuality, they're treated as dirty and evil in this community, and it harms everyone in the community. Yeah. If you're taught that it's like so shameful, then you're not going to have a healthy version of sex. And sex is healthy, especially if you're a married couple and like you love each other. But if you're just like, oh, it's bad, I can't touch. So, of course, now you're going to see sex as like bad. Well, yeah. In the way that they're told to handle sex, but whether you're a man or a woman is really different and really um, unbalanced. And it's it's a nightmare. So we're going to wrap that up here today. So just give a look to any of that stuff I was talking about earlier. Outpostsforhope.org is amazing. And also um, Unchained at Last is uh, an org that's working towards ending child and forced marriages. I usually list, I'm going to usually list the organizations at the end of the series. I wanted to just shout those out there because I just think you should check out the material. It's really fascinating and really awful and great at the same time mm. that they're doing something about it, that is. So, uh, yeah, thank you. We'll, uh, we'll be back next week to go deeper into old Billy's Billy's thoughts. I love it. Uh, and uh, you can follow the show on someplace underneath at someplace underneath on TikTok and Instagram and me at the Natty Jean on all of the things and Amber. Yep, Amber Smelson. I am on Twitch. I am on Patreon. I am on Instagram and Twitter. All of this stuff. A-M-B-E-R-S-M-E-L-S-O-N. Hell yeah. We're going to go off and be vulgar women now. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.